Welcome to Northern Paranormal Investigations. We are a nonprofit organization located in the Lower Mainland of British Columbia. Our primary areas of service are Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. If you are experiencing unexplained phenomena, you can contact us through our website at mpibc.ca or email us at mpi.bc.ca at gmail.com. Again, the email address is mpi.bc.ca at gmail.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to NPI Radio. I'm Daryl, and our guest, Connie Seeliger. Seeliger. See, I can say it. I can say it, folks. Seeliger. Takes uh -huh. practice. It, I'll have to practice that because I got years of saying it the other way and never knew. So there you go, I folks. I guess that's what happens when I don't do any corrections. <laughs> let it be. I'll know it now and then I'll, I'll say it wrong. I'll go, damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to have Connie as a guest. And before the, uh, before the break, we were talking about Reiki. Um, and she did touch on it a little bit. Now, what I've heard about Reiki is, is basically what you said is energy manipulation really is what it is now how people manage or where that energy comes from and how they manage to manipulate it that's a whole other story so please enlighten Ugh, enlighten <laughs> enlightenment is not always an easy road <laughs> anyhow um Okay, so, you know, there's there's a lot of people who um, go through things and hold grudges. We haven't learned how to release, especially as a child, you know. Um, a lot of things we've learned right from the day we were born right up until now, right? So if we don't come across any sort of um, person who has experience in the matter of... Um, healing themselves, uh, learning how to communicate or express themselves, we will end up expressing ourselves the same way we did when we were preteens. Okay. But I've had to go through those reflections myself and recognize that some of the ways I've responded to my triggers was exactly the way I did when I was six years old because I didn't ever learn any better. When we hold these grudges, this is energy blocks kind of thing. So these are the kinds of energies, what I'm like, it's an example of what stays in our energy field. Okay. Like uh, through science class, I recall our science teacher telling us that a physical body is a new physical body every seven years. We have a completely different cell. Like, our, our cells regenerate. So our whole body is a new physical body every seven years. What holds on to the scars, the thoughts, emotions, is what we've held on to in our energy field. Now so that would be what... Some people would consider the aura? Yeah. Okay. The aura, um, that energy can actually work its way right into what is called a cellular memory. Um, for example, water is cells, right? Cells. Mm -hmm. um, 
you can record energy into water. There is experiments on this where somebody will take a dish of water and play beautiful music around it, put it in the freezer, and the crystal structure comes out to be very actually calming looking. Or you can scream and scream obscenities into a bowl of water and put it in the freezer and when you pull it out the crystals look quite sharp and abrasive like it just doesn't look very appealing not very smooth I, I can't really describe it but hey try it out and same with uh, like plants there has been experiments on plants being grown and um, having beautiful music played around them and then others where somebody's like being really mean and obscene to it saying nasty things or playing really harsh music to it and it's a little more wilty compared to the one that's thriving now is that similar to the the theory where they set up an oscilloscope i do believe on plants and somebody cut up a head of cabbage in front of one and it went all yes wonky yes um yeah you can actually take a set of scissors that oscilloscope thing i watched them take the set of scissors and pretend to go cut a leaf off and you would see that energy spike like anxiety like you wouldn't believe so in other words, people are the same. Okay. We're all energy. We all have cellular memory. Thus comes in the concept of people believing their arm is still there when they've had it removed. Yes. Yeah. So your okay. energy field can work into the cellular memory. When we hold on to things, that cellular memory is reflected in our scars, our skin, our physical ailments. If you can release that energy and work with your doctor, it's a possibility that certain cancers or certain kidney functions, liver functions, stomach functions can go back to a healthy way of living, depending on how you release this energy. Okay, so let me, let me just ask you this. When you are doing Reiki on somebody, are, me, are you manipulating just their energy or are you adding your energy to their energy to change it manipulate it and make it either go the direction you want it to go it's not actually me adding my energy um a reiki conduit the energy flows through the healer it goes flows through the healer's hands flows through the patient's energy field and then flows back through the healer and then down into grounding so it's healing both of us not just the patient it's actually healing the healer as well as the patient so the healer is actually um receiving the negative energy and it's going into the ground okay so the healer is working two ways at the same time yes now that energy that you're manipulating, is it, I mean, is it, I guess, you know, I guess for anybody out there, would it, it, it's coming from the universal energy that exists out there. That's what you're saying. Exactly. So yeah. you're pulling it from. Space. Everywhere. Earth, the, everything in now, between every cell. The energy is, between every cell. Is that the concept, like you said, I mean, just to clarify in case you in case you're out there didn't quite understand that it's the concept that everything around has an energy source yes so you're pulling off of that every yeah every form of matter moves at a frequency 
But every every matter doesn't necessarily move at the same frequency. No. There's all varying frequencies. Yeah, hence different colors, different placements, different shapes, forms, ideas, everything. So how do you know what frequency to tap into? How you feel? Awareness. There's a level of awareness that... Uh, you don't even realize there is there until you wake up. Okay, even I didn't understand that one to a point. Okay, um, how would I explain this? I mean, are you talking... Feelings, thoughts, and emotions. What resonates with you? If you feel good and you want to stay there, that's a frequency. If you feel bad, that's a frequency. So, it's a choice. Everything is a choice. Okay. People don't understand that how you feel is how you respond is a choice. All of this is a choice. You can choose to be angry about the way somebody does something, but it's totally out of your control. Or you can choose to focus on how you feel and how you're going to respond and whether it's going to be positive or negative, whether you're going to focus on that person, is that that's that's an energetic choice or focus on you know, how you can respond so you can make your life go towards a frequency that's more resonant with you. So I would say if somebody were to focus on how bad somebody else is being, you're going to be surrounded by more crappy people. Negative brings on negative, positive brings on positive. Exactly. So um, choosing a frequency is is how aware are you of how you're feeling and where you want to be? Some people are on autopilot. There are a lot of people on autopilot and just whatever comes, comes. And oh my God, I'm a victim. This is coming to me. And now, oh goodness, this is always happening to me. This is Murphy's Law, always happening to me, always happening to me. Next thing you know, you can't get out of it because you have no, your, your energy in your brain, the little electron, Electrons in your brain are connected to that, how bad it is. So if you okay. can start focusing on, okay, well, I want to be this way. Keep saying, I want to be this way. As soon as your brain says, don't, you're starting to go back towards the negative. So you got to go, you really got to gauge by what you feel in your gut, your heart and your head, what the, the weight on your shoulders. Do you have a weight on your shoulders? If you do and you don't want it there, Think about what your life would be like if you didn't have weight on your shoulders. So that's how you change your frequency is. What do you focus on? Now, when you're manipulating these energies, do you physically feel them? Sometimes. Um, sometimes as I'm working on somebody, and I really, because of some of my healing things, I really have to almost chant in my head, Thank you for our healing. Thank you for balancing our energy centers with love and light. Thank you for filling us with love and light. Like, this is what I chant in my head. Okay. Every practitioner does something different in some way or another. Every practitioner's healing energy feels different because every person is a different frequency. As, as we practice throughout our experience, especially through the Canadian Reiki Association, um, if we want to get certified through them, we have to take notes on how we feel and how... What, what kind of what kind of experience that the practitioner has had we have to keep notes 
And then when we're done the session, then we have to sit there and make sure that our client, our uh, patient wakes up and is not in some sort of fog. And then we have to ask them for their experiences. And it's not any by any rule, really, we have to. It's as a practitioner, you want to know. You have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, what did you experience? How are you feeling? Um, do you feel any better? Did you experience it? One of my sister friends, I was practicing on her and she had to ask me to stop my Reiki because her legs started hurting to the point of being really uncomfortable. I'm not sure if that was her not being able to release what had happened or because our ailments have to be surfaced before they can be released. And sometimes we can only release so much at a time for it to be fairly comfortable. And then that soul fragment has to be rebuilt into something more positive. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an intense thing. Now, um, all of this ties in with the chakras. Is that not correct? That is correct. And the chakras are our main core elements that if they're out of balance, our chakras, Reiki will help Our chakras them. connect our spiritual energetic self to our physical self. Okay. And that's Reiki came into being to help? Help heal the physical. So when you go to the doctor for um, an operation of some sort, mm-hmm. Reiki is an aid to the healing. Reiki itself is not going to completely heal that one ailment. Especially if it's been buried in there for a long time. Reiki is an aid with doctors and stuff like that. Okay, because I was just going to ask you that question, whether somebody should, you know, uh, keep that and not just go with one thing because they think it's going to be the the cure of all because it's not necessarily going to end up that way. Yeah. There is also another thing along the lines of Reiki where... um, if somebody's going in for operation and they've got to be put under anesthetic, if we were to give Reiki before the operation, the anesthesia might not work. Well, then I don't want that because I yeah. want to be put out cold. So, yeah, so we have to we have to ask somebody, you know, or their spirit, are you willing to receive Reiki? Do you want Reiki? And when is your operation done so I can give you Reiki afterwards? I cannot, I should not and cannot give it to you before, or it may, may interfere. Wow. Do not give something too much Reiki before, because you don't want anybody to act, just accidentally have a heart attack because... Could be very problematic. So, so it is very important to ask, ask the animal or the person's spirit whether they are willing to receive the Reiki or not, and also knowing the timing behind it. One more question sure. about Reiki. Um, and folks, just to uh, kind of lead into this. Uh, years ago, I was at a uh, residence in, in Harrison, and I had an event happen personally to me that had me leave a particular room, actually in tears, to say the least. And I had one, my co-founder on one, uh, one side of me, handing me crystals to try and get me out of this, and Connie on the other side of me, doing whatever she was doing, and kept hitting my shoulder. At the time, I didn't realize what it was until she said, while I was drawing symbols and pounding him into the shoulder. What the heck? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know later you told me that uh, Reiki is not just about the manipulation, but it's also the, the, the drawing of, of these symbols. 
how are these what are these symbols? There's the power symbol Choku Rei, which is just to amplify. And then there's the Seheki symbol. It kind of looks like a face. That's kind of an emotional energy amplifier. Okay. There's the Hanshezi Shonen, which looks like a very Asian pathway. It's very pretty. I like it. Anyways, that's the distance healing symbol. So you would use that to initiate the energy, your guide sending the energy from your home to another source or a person who is willing to. And then there's... Uh, I haven't used it for a long time because I haven't initiated anybody, but there is an initiation symbol as well. Yeah, I cannot off the top of my head remember that. Like I said, I've been rusty and haven't done this for a few years. Oh, that's okay. Just so what personal things. What symbol were you drawing and pounding into my shoulder? I gave you the Choku Ray, the the energy amplification. Okay. Actually, I think I may have given you the Seheki afterwards, too, because it was an emotional experience for you. So oh, I gave you the yeah. amplification along with the emotional one to help release that, because that was what we call residual. You're an empath, and you ended up taking on whatever energy was in there affecting everybody else. Interesting, because at the time, folks... I walked in and asked if everybody was all right, and all the girls were in there going, yeah, we're fine, we're fine, why? And I'm like, I don't know, and I'm walking away down the path with tears flowing out my face. So um, at the time, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a very interesting, and yes, I have to admit, a very emotional experience. Now, I'm going to jump. How has the adaptation for yourself into the use of energies, the manipulation of them, the recognition of them and being able to recognize them. How has that moved into or assisted you when it comes to the paranormal realm? So you were asking about my symbols affecting the paranormal or my well, no, Reiki just, intuition? No, just, just in general. I mean, the whole concept of Reiki and, and, and you know, you, you've done your tarot cards, you've worked with the energies in the Reiki, you've gone through the process of becoming a Reiki master. How has all of that, uh, you know... Uh, Assisted me in... Yeah, carried into the paranormal realm for you. And what is it? What is it done in 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 that aspect of things to help you during your encounters with the paranormal field? Um, to begin with, it was a lot of protection, spiritual protection, doing the bubble of love and light to protect, but still allowing certain energies through for the healing and well-being of those around me. I also personally believe that a lot of like human spirits, if they are stuck in this plane, it's because there are some blocks that were in their energy field before they passed, or some sort of trauma that wasn't released, wasn't understood, and it's a lesson that they need to complete before they can carry on to um, the other side, the other the light, the other frequency, wh wherever they need to move on to. So in some cases. Um, being an empath, I've been encountered by children's spirits who have just said, help me, help me. It's like, I need to move on. I don't know. I don't understand where any, everybody is. How come I'm here and there's strangers here? Like, this is the information I end up getting or, or I'm tired. You know, I get, I get that information. I'm tired. Help me. So in those cases, I will say, do up like a Reiki grid. A crystal grid or 
write down on a piece of paper the idea of the person and their information that I'm getting and I will draw the distance healing symbol into it along with the emotional healing and then the power healing and I will do kind of um, a meditation and clearing and asking guides to send this individual to the light if they're willing to go to the light um, but I will also always say if this individual is willing to go so I'm not forcing anything because I mean I've had a lot of people just I mean that's a it's a little bit kind of off what I was what I was where I was going but um, I mean I, I, I run in and we've I've met a lot of people in a lot of various different groups and some say oh I can guarantee that this person is going to move to the light do you actually agree that that's a forcible thing uh, no okay I, I don't believe it's something forced it's a spirit's will just like a person's will anybody has a will mm-hmm. I think what the Reiki would do is help the individual see the lesson behind their blockage now if that individual is not willing to learn the lesson yet they will continue staying in that energy until un- discomfort really bothers them enough for them to move so do you do you find that i mean if you go into a place with a negative energy in it that you know without anybody saying anything you usually pick up on that fairly quickly um some cases i can pick up on it quickly some cases i cannot pick up on it quickly um i think that also depends on where my frame of mind is at and where my energy is at where i was um how grounded centered i am Mm -hmm. but um quite often because i i am fairly prepared when i go to a place i do tend to get a feeling if there is a spirit or entity of some sort floating around or if it's just kind of a residual i can't always recognize if they're in that room right now here with us but I get what I call a body wedgie feeling. I walk in and it's like, something's weird. And I'm almost feeling like tingling or hairs. Or even if something's trying to attach or something to me, it's like somebody is pulling a hair out of the top of my head. I keep feeling these little weird little feelings off the top of my head. Um, sometimes I get a weird scent. Like, like I call it the old school smell. Like I remember my old elementary school running up the stairs and always smells like a stale bathroom (laughs) you know and that's my old school smell if i smell a stale bathroom well yeah it could be an old building but a lot of times it's just some sort of residual stale energy or somebody's um energy floating around well you you've been in the paranormal field for you know as long as i have a little Uh, over 10 years and um in that time what do you feel has been, I guess, the most profound moment for you? In the paranormal with Reiki or just in the paranormal? Just in the paranormal field as a whole. I mean, it could involve Reiki or not, but just... My profound moments. Moment? Moments? Moment. Moment or moments. I mean, we'll accept moments too. Um, when we were in a very old building in New West and... I heard my name for the first time on a recording after we heard with our bare ears this high-pitched ringing noise in a location that didn't have any electricity and um, how that ringing had just instantly like we we kept passing this cupboard and it 
you know, and then the third time we walked past it, it just stopped when we were right in the middle of that. It just, and then we carry on walking, but it stopped. On the recording, right that moment I heard that high-pitched noise stop, I hear my voice from a guy saying, Connie. I have no idea what that was, but that was quite interesting. I was still having a hard time believing in this stuff. I was still quite skeptical, like, is it real or is it just my imagination? Am I off my rocker? Anyways, um, later that night, I remember uh, sitting with Nikki, and and it was, uh, we were in this little area where I thought it was, like, on top of a Ticketmaster booth. Do you only sell tickets to your favorite people? And then all of a sudden, we hear all these receipt machines printing. The whole building, the receipt machines were working, and the computer system was supposed to be turned off. That was stated, yes. And all the receipt machines had printed good morning at 5.05 in the morning. And it kept printing. Some of them had 16 tags hanging off that said good morning at 5.05. Some of them had four, 5.05. And we were like, what is going on? So then um, we had just wrapped up our investigation and I was going to take my coffee mug to the kitchen and the the owner of the building or the manager of the building had come in to turn on the computer system and they were like, what did you guys do? The whole computer system's fried. It's not working. It's jumbled. Everything's messed up. And we're like, we didn't turn anything on, but all the receipts printed off at 5.05 in the morning telling us good morning. Well, what did you touch? We didn't touch anything. So then I go into the kitchen to drop off my mug and I'm in there by myself and I got this really willy, creepy feeling. I was like, good morning and I do a little dance for it put my cup in the sink and the receipt printer in front of my face that had a whole bunch of blank receipts hanging off of it it had like five of them that were just like no ink mm -hmm. it went G -g 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 -g, said good morning at six oh something and I was like Woo! <laughs> and I ran out of that kitchen so fast I'm like <laughs> did it again uh so that was quite profound that was my very uh quite close to the very beginning of my paranormal investigation experiences and seeing that happening to me was very real spiritual communications all right so that was near the beginning do you have or have you had an experience since then just one that you would say would be something that in the paranormal field you'd probably be going yeah that was interesting, but I really am inclined to experience it again. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, the light bulb ghost guy. We, we did a residential investigation in Abbotsford. And there was a situation in the basement where the light was being screwed out or in, so it wouldn't function properly. And the lady would try to put the light back in, and in the morning she would wake up and the light would not work. So, yeah, they, she, he was playing light bulb games with her. And uh, so anyhow, I remember we were having a session in that basement. The whole crew of us. This is where um, I smacked my head real hard because of the spider. Hence, <laughs> a, an, a that's when I clued into attachments. What would attach to me? So, um... Anyways, we're in that basement, we're asking questions, and um, Ken has the camera on the side of my face, and it felt like I had 
either my imagination was telling me there was a wolf spider walking up my forehead. I just feel these taps and I'm like, smack, ew, get it off me. Holy crap, what is that? Why is it crawling on me? Ooh. So this is what's going on in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of freaking out. And and the funny thing is I think where I was sitting in this little hallway was actually the wall between that shower of that bathroom and my back in the hallway. Like, I think that bathroom was on the other side of the wall for me. Or maybe it was well, uh, the closet. Well, I don't know if it was the bathroom, but I know on the opposite side of the wall was the room with the handprints all on the door. Yeah, so I was sitting outside the door of that room. Mm-hmm. And then there's a wall. So I, I can't remember if the closet was behind me or and then right next been, door might, was might the have bathroom. Been, might have been the bathroom. It's hard, it's hard to remember, but yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. So I'm sitting there. That happened. And so after that investigation, I went home. And I was living in a fifth wheel trailer at my dad's house. And I remember sleeping in the fifth wheel part. And once in a while, it would like, I just, I would, it would feel like somebody stood up beside me and this head's beside my head. And it's like, Connie, and I wouldn't open my eyes, but I would get this chill. My dad liked to take his dogs outside and one of his, um, one of his patio light bulbs, he would have it unscrewed so it wouldn't turn on because he only wanted one patio to work. So... After this investigation, four days in a row, this light kept turning on and dad would get on a stool to unscrew the light so that light would not turn on. Mm-hmm. And one day, and he made this joke, he goes, well, I wonder if we're haunted or Colin's coming here. I don't know. It feels like we're haunted or something because that light keeps happening and I, and I don't, I don't remember unscrewing it in so that it would work. I, I, I don't want it to work. So I go, oh yeah. My brain says, think we're haunted and I did it I brought it home but I didn't tell my dad why would I tell my dad something that he doesn't believe in okay but oh my god I think I did it Hmm. so I stand outside and I was thinking how do I deal with this I'm not scared dad's not scared but it's irritating dad which irritation can cause some negative things to start Mm -hmm. because this individual was negatively affecting the last family he was with, who eventually that family said that they had no more experiences after we were there because I had ended up bringing that. You possibly brought one thing home, but there was a, there was a finalization somewhere in there as well. I'm, I'm thinking I brought home the homeless dude that was stuck in the kid's closet. Well, plausible. Um, just so you folks know that although they did experience stuff after we had left, they had a person come in and got rid of one of the child's toys that was in the closet. Oh, yes, that too. The box and got rid of that. And it wasn't a toy, it was the box. The box, toy yes. Toy box. And that ended, apparently ended the activity. Okay. So, well, probably more than one. Whoever came home with me was the guy who was messing around with the light bulbs. Didn't I'm... he also steal stuff off the Christmas tree? I think so. I think they had said something about that. Yes, they did. So anyways, this light bulb situation was happening at my dad's house after this investigation and dad goes, I think we're haunted. And my brain goes, yep, probably. And it's my fault. So I stood out there and and I go, well, to the individual who followed me home, I don't mind you being here with me. But um, if anybody on this property gets hurt, we will have to find a way to get you out of here. Which means I will probably bring in some light worker friends and do what we can to send you back to where you came from. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're here and nobody gets hurt, that includes 
preventing my dad from falling off the stool when he has to deal with that light bulb, you can stay. I never had any activity again there. It went home. Well, let's hope not the same home we dealt with. <laughs> yeah, it, it went somewhere else anyway. It, it didn't like the idea that I was causing, or uh, speaking of threats. Well, I mean, sometimes it just takes that. Letting know that, that this is thing. my boundary. Yeah. Well, Connie, interesting stories for sure. Interesting experiences. Uh, but we're getting really close to the end of the show today. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Well, folks, I mean, again, we could do two or three shows with Connie. And, I mean, there's always new and exciting stuff to talk about. And there will be further shows down the line. But for now, a couple last questions for you. First of all, uh, the paranormal realm as you see it today, where do you think it might stand in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years? Do you think it's going to change much? The paranormal realm? Yeah. I definitely believe it will change um, due to the fact that there will be a lot more um, spiritually awakened people on the planet. We are growing right now. There will be a bigger understanding of it. There will be more technology around that department, a lot more healing around that department. I'm not sure exactly how it will change and what it will look like, but definitely what I just stated there. All right, so do you do you feel that anybody is ever going to catch that holy grail of evidence that nobody can argue with? I do believe it can happen and has happened, but I cannot say whether others will believe it. It's, um, well, yeah, like I said, I believe people have already caught holy grails type thing. But there will always be controversy from somebody who has not experienced the matter. True enough. Well, we can only hope that one day everybody will get on board and actually maybe science will back some of this stuff up or be able to back some of it up. All right. So, any last words of wisdom for those people out there that are experiencing the unexplained? Stay centered and grounded and always strive to be a better person than you were yesterday. Because if you want to live a well, positive life, you have to live in the frequency of wellness and positivity. Live well, be well, and uh, good things will come to you. Connie, thank you very much for being on MPI Radio. It's been a pleasure having you. And uh, we look forward to uh, further shows with you down the road. For now, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining MPI Radio. And from all of us, good night.